0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Wheel Sports Podcast. This is the post-Dutch Grand Prix race rant, ranting, chat, banter. I'm not really sure what we're going to call it yet. I'll figure that out later today. But essentially this new version of kind of a race review is going to be very different from everything else so the reason for that is i've wanted for a while to do a post-race podcast a post-race follow-up i'll probably do it on the monday we might do it straight after the race depending on scheduling and so on from now on but essentially the idea of this is i've got a really cool community on youtube of people that love to come into the chat stir stir things up laugh at me Uh, and just have great banter. So I decided instead of a race review with a strict kind of, let's go through the winners and losers. And, you know, there's a lot of people who do that and you can get that anywhere. Instead of that, what we're going to do is after every race, we're going to have a poll. Basically, that's going to be the only sort of format, a poll that essentially ranks what people think of the race itself. So we can get an overall view from the thousands of people that vote uh, on Wheel Sports on YouTube um, and see how people felt about the race. But other than that, it's kind of just going to be a chat with chat. So the idea here is that the people who come into our wonderful chat room um, can just banter and I'll just be talking to them for roughly an hour Um, and we'll just be asking questions, giving feedback and discussing the race. So of course, this is the first one and it's going to be following up on the Dutch Grand Prix. Um, So yeah, unfortunately, I don't have any space cakes, but I imagine it'll still be a bit of fun. So... That's essentially what this is. Um, of course, we've already been joined in the chat by Anissa, Nick, Hank, F1Go, and the wonderful Wimbo, who, if you haven't checked out already, if you're listening to this on Spotify, I'm sure if you're on our YouTube watching this live, you've probably already seen his content. But if you are one of the fine listeners on Spotify, please do check out Formula Wimbo or Wimbo Formula, sorry, on YouTube. Um, you'll be able to search Wimbo pretty quickly. Um, really cool guy. Gives some Dutch opinion, and he's a Hamilton fanboy, so please do check that out. All right, so let's chat, guys. Any questions? Of course, this may take a while to ping in, but uh, let me first of all pull up um, once again the uh, ratings by everyone in the channel. So, of course, we uh, we we thought it was a banger, and by we, I mean me. Um, but yeah, it seems 58% of the votes so far have said it was a five star race, which I think proves it was our first banger this year so far. Um, 28% have said four stars. So that's pretty good. And only 17% voted below four stars. So they were of course, Leclerc and Russell fans. Um, Hank says there's no space cake here either. <laughs> that's unfortunate. There, there has to be some somewhere. Um, Samantha, welcome to the chat. And I'm not sure if Wim is laughing at my reference to his channel or if he's laughing at the space cake thing, but one or the other, I'm sure. As if Iron said, I'd definitely give it a four star. Yeah, I think, honestly, the crazy thing about Formula One is it's mental how quickly we forget parts of the race because I think actually like 80% of the race was pretty dull, but it was those last and first seven laps or so, seven to 10 laps that were just absolute bangers and threw it on its head. Uh, of course, Max Verstappen won because well he would, wouldn't he? Um, I think Max needs like Max is gonna win every race this season. I think unless he gets a a technical failure, like unless Red Bull really screw up with the engine or really make a balls of the strategy, I think Max is gonna win um basically every race this season. Um, but Alonso was good. Alonso was good. Ferrari pit guys stole your space cakes. How could they forget the tires? Yeah, okay. Let's yeah. What the hell F1 go? Yeah, let's let's talk about that. So, Ferrari, for those of you who didn't notice, at one point, was it Leclerc came in, as far as I remember? I think it was Leclerc because of course it would be um and they just didn't have any tires there. Like, how do you just not have any tires? They just I like how do you not have something ready at the very least? If they had the wrong tires, fair enough, but just having none out there was just mental. Um yeah what a crazy situation that that is Ferrari at their absolute worst and um I'm loving it it's brilliant i i'm wondering where leclerc will go because he surely he can't stay there after this surely not ashwin canots says can we take a second to appreciate alonso's overtake this race oh my god i'm guessing that's talking about the first lap over uh, overtake um was it three cars through like two corners Absolutely incredible. Alonso, I I genuinely was wondering, when Alonso moved to Aston Martin, at first, obviously, last year, I thought, right, well, that's where he's going to get a big boatload of cash, because I think it was like a $50 million deal. He's going to have a couple of years flinging around the midfield like he was in Alpine with some fun experiences, and then he's going to fade off into obscurity once again as the F1 legend he is that we'll all remember. But the... The way it's gone this year, because Aston Martin obviously were mentally good at the start. They jumped everything. They've dropped off the last few races. But then they seem to have fixed, they they kind of alluded to the fact that they know what their issue was. And if Zamvert's anything to go by, sure he was was it fifty qualified in or whatever. The race pace seemed amazing. Um, even before kind of everything hit. Um, and then Alonso being Alonso made all the right calls. But I think Alonso could end up sticking around till the 2026 regs. If he keeps driving like this, I don't see why Aston Martin would get rid of him because at the end of the day, they could just go, right, well, as long as we give him the car, he's going to bring the performances. So incredible to watch. Incredible to watch. Uh, Zafiron says, Max needs some serious competition next year. I want to see the 2021 season again. Yeah, I think we'll get probably a 2021 season for 2025 because I think unlike the last generation of cars, It seems like the rest of the field is closing up to each other pretty quickly and Red Bull will have to have diminishing returns because these regs don't seem to have the long-winded openness of the last ones. They're a bit more prescriptive. So I think personally, um, we'll probably get a closer field in 2025. What concerns me about that is there's reg changes for aero and engines in 2026. So I think we could end up getting a banger of a season in 2025. These regs will finally have gotten to the place where they really work across the field. And then we'll go into 2026. Maybe because we're in cost cap, we won't get a dominant 2026 season and it'll actually close everything up. But we'll see. I uh, Reg changes rarely close everything up. Hank says, Leclerc called the pit stop. The team didn't agree. That makes sense, actually. Yes, yes, that does make sense. Hank, as always, the mountain of information. Um, just love it. I love to see it. Uh, by the way, for anyone who is not listening and you're watching this live, you can also see uh, on screen I've got my predictions that I did last week alongside my or alongside the reality. Um, I got everything wrong. I even put De Vries not to start the race thinking that's funny because he definitely won't start the race. And the man who was in his seat, Ricardo, didn't start the race. So, uh, did I get any predictions right? I'm just having a look. I don't think so. Um, did I get anything right? Oh, I got Stroll. There, I got Stroll right. I put Stroll on 11th. That's it. That's the only thing I got right. That is shameful. Absolutely shameful. <laughs> F1 Goat says, if Alonzo wins a race, I need him to celebrate with a green samurai sword. That would be incredible. That would be absolutely incredible. Oh, I did have Max right. Thank you, Wim. How did I not notice that? Yeah, I got Verstappen and Stroll right. And that was it. So I'm, you know, someone can do the math there. I think I got that 90% correct. Is that right? Yeah. So or, No, 10% correct. 90% wrong. Matt's was not always my strong point. Uh, Ashwin says, hey, Wheel Sports, I've been thinking, is the AM car really good or are we seeing Alonso doing his magic just like 2012 Ferrari with a slower car? I think the thing is that Alonso is incredibly adept at getting everything out of the car. Like he will just drive towards his style. One of the, the best versions of that that you can look up and you'll find tons of videos on this is how he was able to do a really weird driving style with the 2005 and 2006 Renault that just got the most out of the tires um, and just out of the car and he was able to just fling it into corners in a certain way and he was able to just get everything out of those cars so i think that alonso much like verstappen and like hamilton over the years and you know vettel for example schumacher they're those type of drivers that basically You know, I don't even think it's obviously it helps that the team like with Verstappen, like with Schumacher, like with everyone else, you know, Hamilton, obviously it helps them that the team build the car around them to make them more comfortable. But I think these are the type of drivers like Alonso, Verstappen, Hamilton, so on, that will just get the most out of their cars. And I think that at the end of the day, like you can't overdrive a car, you know what I mean? So like the car is the car. So all you can do is get the most out of it. And obviously we see big disparities there between Stroll and Alonso, which just show that Stroll either isn't as good of a driver, which I think is a fair assessment, or just can't access or unlock the the limits of that car. Um, and, you know, like we've had this discussion on here before, Leclerc is one of those people that unfortunately he's a really quick driver and, you know, the reason I think he has so many errors and mistakes, or at least it's been pointed out, is because he's constantly having to drive on the limit of that car. He has nothing left in hand. So he's pushing that car right to the limit and it's so easy just for a split second to go over it. Um, Whereas Alonso and Verstappen are incredibly intelligent drivers that kind of, you know, they they know where the exact limit is on the car and they're able to push to that 95% and leave something just in hand so that they never have those kind of, crazy accidents anymore so I I think that's what it is I think you know we see that with Perez unfortunately um you know I'm a Perez fan but I don't think he's going to keep that car seat for 2024 I'll have a video about that in the next couple of days but yeah um it's an interesting one but yeah Alonso what he did in 2012 with a slower car was beyond epic but that was just a driver who was able to be on it all of the time and know exactly, exactly where the limit is. Zafiron, did you hear they might bring in engine equalization for the 2026 season? Uh, what's your thoughts? I heard them talk about that, Zafiron. Um, but personally, I don't think it's going to happen. Um, and it shouldn't happen, because this isn't a spec series. So in my opinion, it shouldn't happen. I agree with uh, what Total Wolf said on this, actually, and... Obviously, because Wolf said it after what happened with the engine in 2014 and so on, obviously, a lot of people are angry um, when he talks about engines. But I think he's right. Basically, what he said is there should be some sort of meritocracy on it. And he gave a really good idea. I think it was him anyway. that gave a really good idea on what they should do instead of an actual engine equalization. um, Because I think that's just a terrible idea, is they should do something with the engine similar to what they're doing with the aero restrictions where basically if, for example, um, Renault or Audi or one of those teams or all of those teams come in and they are way behind, say, the output of the Ferrari engine or sorry, the Mercedes engine or Mercedes are jumping ahead, that they should have more time to work on their engine than, say, the Mercedes team in front, you know, so they should have more time and perhaps more budget to fix their engine. But his point was, you can't just go, okay, well, Mercedes did a really good job. Let's just peg them back. Because one, it never works. The teams that do a good job always figure out a way to kind of play the system and play the rules um, because they have that time. They're ahead. We see that with Red Bull at the moment with the aero regulations. So uh, I think engine equalization is a terrible idea, but I am all for basically a balance of power, not in the traditional sense of balance of power, but in the way we're doing it with the cost cap, or sorry, with the aero cap at the moment in that if a team is performing badly, they should get more time and perhaps more resources to work on their issues to make kind of a fair playing field. Um, I think that's the best way to do things. And I, I think across the board, in some ways they should do that. Like Williams should have access, I think to, for example, one or $2 million more for development on their car than say the other teams. And they should put it in the cost cap that it can't be spent on anything else. Like it's, This is purely development time or development cost that Williams are allowed because they're last, say, or Alpha Tower. You know what I mean? So I think that's the way it should be. Um, I don't think we should equalize things with like fuel or limiters or anything. That takes away from the beauty of this sport because this sport is about engineering more than it is about drivers. It always has been. Um, So, yeah, that's my opinion on that. Sorry, it was a bit long winded. Uh Zafirin. did you hear they might bring it in- oh sorry i've al- just read that one just read that one sorry uh other teams could catch up if they understand how Nui is doing what he does says hank which is a very fair point F1 go says if alonzo oh sorry i've already read that as well um it is hidden in plain sight says hank actually hank as well there was i can't remember who it was i think it was um what's his name uh pierre vache is it is that his name one of one of the heads of of the technical department or the technical head of Red Bull, the Arrowhead, I think it is Pierre Vasseur. Um, he said that basically the same as what you were saying—that like the teams are still asking about the DRS advantage that Red Bull have—and he's like, it's so obvious what we're doing that he doesn't understand how the other teams don't get it, or he thinks maybe they're playing it up because they think it'll be too expensive or too, in, you know, intensive to fix. But uh, he's like, they must know what what we're doing here. So yeah, I think a lot, of, a lot of what you just said there is accurate. Um, Hank, all the teams need to do is steal that red book of Nui. Yeah. Um, what the teams need to do in reality is just head to a a Photoshopping cop uh, a photocopying shop and uh, get all of Nui's documents. I mean, it worked before and it'll only cost you $100 million in a season. So Mercedes, you're welcome. Um, let's see, Guff, um, <laughs> do you see any changes coming at Ferrari driver, race engineer, etc. if their form continues, especially with Monza coming up and the media and fans maybe need a scapegoat? Yeah. Unfortunately, I can see that happening. Like I could see them at the end of the season or maybe the end of next season, replacing Fred Vasseur or, you know, trying to bring in a new driver or whatever. And it's just unfortunate because they've been doing this for what, a decade now? It was 2014. They started their cycle of changing their their, uh, top team every couple of years. And the problem is there's clearly some sort of internal, you know, core issue in there. And like Mercedes and like Red Bull, you need that consistent guy at the top who has an overview of everything to spot when those issues are coming or when they arise and fix them. Because even like, look at Mercedes. Mercedes dominated for 2014 to 2020, basically. Uh, I know there was title fights and we've had this argument before, but you know, they were the top team for those years. And now that they've dropped off, it's not like they're going, oh shit, we need a new person to run this team. They're keeping with Total Wolf. Red Bull dominated 2010 to 2013. Again, we can argue about the domination and so on. But from 2014 to 2021, they didn't throw Horner out. They didn't, you know, swap the, the team around. They just said, okay, well, look, this just is what it is. We've got to work towards getting a better engine. And you always have that consistent person there that kind of figures out, okay, actually it is a problem with Renault engines. We need to fix that. You know, we need to get this new guy in. We need to change drivers. But it's that top person that stays the same. And I just, I hope they don't remove Fred until at least they give him like, you know, give him till 26 or 27. Give him a long run. um, Because clearly changing that person isn't right. But yeah, I, I would not be surprised if they come in and scapegoat someone if Monza goes poorly. It would not surprise me at all. Um, uh, And they could lose Leclerc if they keep playing around like this. Um, Let's see. Hank says, F1 go. Unfortunately, it is inside his head open his head and the book is gone about Nui. Um, Boba, Bubba returned says what you think Rick is in. Um, oh, I, I just got this. Basically you're asking if I think Daniel Ricardo is going to be in that Red Bull seat. I'll talk about this. Like I'll, I'll expand on all of my opinions for this in the video. Um, But essentially I think it's going to be Yuki Sonoda and Lawson, uh, Alpha Tauri and Daniel Ricardo goes to Red Bull, and I could see Checo basically either taking a year off or retiring completely. He has been pretty open about the fact that if he wasn't driving for Red Bull, if he wasn't in a position to fight for a title, which he's not at the moment, but you know what I mean, if he wasn't in that position, basically he'd go and do something else closer to home. So I unfortunately think it's going to be Checo retiring maybe at the end of the year or next year with a big payoff. Um, You know, like at the end of the day, they can... They can, um, yeah, like, right. So the problem that a lot of people would see with this, and I'll just talk about this for a second, is that people will basically say, well, Ricardo is just going to do as poorly as Checo. The problem they have is basically they can't hot swap Lawson in. I thought perhaps if Lawson comes in and over the next two or three races is absolutely killer that they'll put him in that Red Bull but I think they'll be really, really conservative about swapping anyone into that Red Bull that basically they can't justify to the upper management and to just the public and to themselves. So giving Ricardo a chance, if they go, well, look, we put Ricardo in that car for a tire test. He was able to achieve a front row lap time. They know that with their data, apparently. If they put him in there, one, it's the same marketing opportunity for Checo And at the end of the day, Checo's doing really poorly. And Ricardo used to be their top guy. It's a big return for them. It's a big story. They can sell it. Whereas if they throw Lawson in, and Lawson absolutely flounders, then they look like idiots. And it just, you know, it basically could end up ruining another career. Because now if you look at Albon, for example, and Williams, look how good he's doing. I think Red Bull just can't afford to basically put another junior in there or another young guy in there that falls apart. So I think Lawson will end up uh, next year at, um, at AlphaTauri alongside Yuki Tsunoda. I think they'll keep Yuki for another year um, before deciding what to do. I don't think they'd put Yuki up to Red Bull yet. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I don't think they will. Um, so I think they'll give Ricardo the 2024 seat. I give him a year. If he does really well, they'll keep him around, you know, and they'll start basically placing someone to be the next Max which could be lost, and could be someone coming from behind or whatever. That's that's my opinion on it, anyway. Um, Ashwin says, "Can I ask, in your humble opinion, what is happening at Ferrari? They always seem to be part of the big three teams every season. Now it seems like they might be lucky if they get into the top three teams every year or every race." Yeah, I think at the end of the day, um, I, I think at the end of the day, like Ferrari just they need that consistency. And I think that's the biggest issue is in Formula One, returns don't come overnight. You see that with McLaren even, you know, and it's so easy to kind of go, at the start of this year, McLaren could have easily seen their car result, not given the time for the new one, kicked out Andrea Stella and put someone else in. And then all of a sudden the car would have turned around because of the upgrades and they would have gone, see, the new guy's working, when in reality it has nothing to do with him. And I think that's what happens at Ferrari. And before anyone says it, I know it's not like the thing is it. It's the upper management of Ferrari that are a problem. The president of the company, the guy is on the board of the actual company, that basically just think that the likes of Fred and Mattia are giving them excuses. They need that consistency. I think that's the the key issue. Um, Ferrari have been the sl- on the slow path to destruction for over a decade for a decade now says bob DeVries. yeah it's been um 2008 and they they won their last title um bob obviously points out as well that uh you know he says a decade because vettel still won so i get where you're coming from there and i'd agree to an extent but they did win a few races last year with leclerc too so i think it's yeah it's the consistency isn't it gino hello um Yane, hello, a member, by the way, Yane and any other members of the channel, what we're going to kick off is I want to do something different with the memberships on this channel going forward. So every Wednesday, we're going to have a nice, chilled, intimate chat with just the members and more behind the scenes, talk about the upcoming videos and so on. So on Wednesday, there's going to be what's called the wheelbar, and it's going to be an hour for all the members where we just chat with members of the channel and basically, The plan there is to talk to the members, see what questions they have, what content they want covered, and use that to make exclusive membership content. So thank you, Yane, for being a wonderful member of the chat. And thank you also for pointing out, yes, I did technically get Ricardo right. It was just, I got the car in 13th right. It just wasn't driven by Ricardo. It was driven by Lawson. So that, thank you for pointing that out. That makes me feel a little bit better that I got three correct. Matthew Hart says, Hey Jason, glad you're live. This last question you just answered about Danny Rick pretty much answers my question. But for nuance sake, do you see Lawson's good drive this past weekend as praise? I um, don't know what that last thing was, but anyway. um, um I, I think Lawson did a really good job con- considering all of the issues. Um, You know, like he was... Was it 1.6 off Yuki, which sounds bad in qualifying? Sounds terrible, until he realized that Perez was 1.3 off for Stappen. Now, again, you know, a lot of it's to do with the conditions, right time, you know, track evolution and so on. But I think I think in all fairness, Lawson did a pretty good job. Obviously, he only finished ahead of Sonoda because Sonoda got a penalty. Um, and to answer the second part, do I think Lawson will hold on to the seat until the end of the season? No, I think they will give Ricardo the last few races because I think they want to... Uh, pressure, get you. Uh, I I think they want to give Ricardo a few races at the end of the season um, to ensure basically that he is ready if they in December do make the call to pay off Checo, get him out of the seat and put Ricardo in for a season. I think it's more and more likely that they do that. And I think Lawson will... If Lawson does a decent job, over the next few races, he's likely going to be in till Singapore. Um, not sure if that includes Singapore or not. We'll see. Um, but he's likely going to be in until at least um, that race comes up. Um, I think Lawson gets the seat for 2024 um, alongside Yuki Sonoda. I think that makes the most sense for them. Um, let's see. Uh, Checo is done. I think he has lost the team, says Bob DeVries. Yeah, and look, I'm a Checo fan, but I 100% agree. Unfortunately, I just think He's just not been consistent enough. He's making too many mistakes. And because Ricardo is there now and it's a feel-good story, it's a big marketing thing for Red Bull. And Helmut Marco absolutely bloody loves Daniel Ricardo. I think Ricardo will be given the 2024 season to either prove he's back and he can fight close to max, or to, you know, end out his career on somewhat of a high, I think will be the case. Um Go for the middle. Yep. Um, I agree that booting for Sir is probably not the best idea. In my opinion, the main problem is communication, which seems not to be happening at all. And yeah, I think uh, Hank said it as well: the main problem with Ferrari is the upper management of the actual car company just causing continuous problems. Um Bob DeVries says, Max controls the car, they have to find someone who can drive it. That's the problem. Yeah, and I think that is the point where if their data is correct from the tire test, and I know it's only a tire test, but if their data is correct, that's where they could go, well, look, we know what Daniel Ricardo needs, you know, we know we can get him there, we know how to train him, we know how to manage him, we'll get him in there, you know, um, that's where they could just say, look, he's the right man, um, so we'll see, we'll see. Uh, Hippity-happity, yeah man, are we be jamming? We are indeed. We are indeed, and Anissa Worthly, or worthy are worthy. So I'm late, but I'm here. Welcome, Anissa. Um, Bob DeVries, Liam ne- or Liam Neeson, Liam Lawson. Um, was th- imagine Liam Neeson driving the car? Was thrown to the dragons and very much held his own. I see him replacing Ricardo when he replaces Checo. Yeah, like I think that the right call from Red Bull and what I see them doing is essentially. You know, Ricardo jumps into that seat, um, for next year, Lawson gets kind of, you know, to get on top of the tires and so on. Um, you know, and that basically gives him a year to get caught up in formula one, um, get on top of everything. And then it's kind of a, they can basically go, okay, well, whoever wins the 2024 season, if Ricardo is not performing between Sonoda and, and Lawson will get that seat. I, I think it's a very clear decision, you know, um, Imagine the scenes if Alex Albon wins in Monza and stops Max's winning record. Race karma at its finest, says F1GO. Albon is incredible this season. Like, absolutely incredible. Uh, I don't think it's possible that he'll beat Max. I think there's other cars there, unfortunately, that would be ahead. The likes of, like Norris, for example, was just really unlucky when they for some reason, once again, learned nothing from Russia. And when the rain started falling, they were like, stay out, stay out, you know, and ugh. anyway, but I think that in Monza, you've got the likes of, I don't think Aston Martin in Monza, because I don't think it has the top line speed to catch um, the likes of Red Bull. But I think if Verstappen has a bad day at Monza and Perez, for whatever reason, is back down the field again, I think it'll be McLaren that will win out that one. But if a Williams won Monza, it would be absolutely incredible. Uh, Wimbo, what are your thoughts on Pierre Gasly in P3? Um, Honestly, Pierre Gasly, uh, you know what? Solid, solid job from him. Solid job. Um, He did a really good job. Um, and I think that you know him and Ocon did uh, a stellar job in those in those cars over the course of this season. Ocon at Monaco, um, Gasly now getting on the podium here. Um, I still will say this: uh, Gasly is one of my least favorite drivers, if I'm honest. Um, I just find him boring. You know, but he's French; it's not his fault. No offense to the French. Um, but yeah, the uh, the problem with Gasly, I find, is just that you know. They're in a car, realistically. If you look at the actual race data, the Alpine should be in amongst that McLaren, Aston. It should always be there. Um, You know, but it seems like they're always waiting for Ferrari to throw stuff away, for Mercedes to have a bad day. You know, they're always counting on someone else. And instead, like, you know, I don't know, Alpine's just having a terrible time at the moment. I still stand stand by what I've said, though, in the past. I think Ocon and Gasly are great drivers, but they're great midfield drivers. And unfortunately, and again, I hate to say this as a as Checo, a Checo fan, I think those drivers are just the drivers for the midfield. Like Checo won races in in the Red Bull, sure, and Checo was the king of the midfield on his day. He's brilliant, but the consistency just hasn't been there. And Ocon and Gasly seem to be two of the same. Um, so yeah, I just yeah, I I don't know. I think they should sell the team to Deadpool and get Ryan Reynolds um to drive as their lead driver. Like, a, just that's the odd obvious solution. Uh, Matthew Art, so for but great drive by Gasly, to be fair, jokes aside, even though he's French. Uh, Matthew Art, so for Red Bull, do you think really there is a driver on the grid up uh, gri- driver on the grid or up and coming with a driving style close enough to his, if not quite as quick, that might be able to fit the car the same way. I think Ricardo could, um, because we've seen Ricardo handle that car. He's not going to beat Max. I, I think that's fairly obvious. I don't think anyone would beat Max in that car. Uh, you know, maybe, maybe Alonso on a few, like, would be closer because Alonso's so adaptable. Maybe Norris, because Norris is so adaptable. I don't think Ricardo will beat Verstappen. Um, and by the way, when I say Alonso or Norris, I don't mean over the course of a season, but I think they'd be closer. Um, I would say I think Lawson just from watching back some of the races in Super Formula I think if Lawson gets the right training he could be the right driver to go in there um as for other people Leclerc they could take a chance on I think Leclerc I rate really highly I just don't know if it would work going up against you know up against Verstappen I think Leclerc has already been belted enough by Ferrari that he doesn't need that sort of pain. Uh, I would say Norris or Alonso. Um, I'm probably missing someone else. Maybe Piastri. Piastri seems pretty adaptable as well. So we'll see. We'll see. But I think they'll give Ricardo the chance. Um, Hank says, Red Bull is very happy with Ricardo in driving talents. I don't see a big difference between him and Checo. Yeah, I, I get what you mean. Um, I just i think ricardo they could mold a bit better to be more consistent and ricardo remember if my memory serves correctly ricardo was pretty damn good in qualifying um consistently which is the biggest issue that checo has checo just throws it away in qualifying too often and then ends up having to do silly recovery drives um so i think they need someone who's a bit or, a bit better in qualifying and from my memory if my memory serves correctly ricardo was always pretty damn good in qualifying so Let's see. I, I want to see it. I think at the end of the day, I think, okay, unless Checo finishes second or first for every every other race for the rest of the season, I think they, they're they going to swap him out. Like, why keep him for another year? Again, I hate saying this as a Checo fan, but it just doesn't make sense. If Checo gets replaced, by the way, um, that Checo thing over there is going to be replaced by Norris and I'm going to become a Norris slash Alonso fanboy. And I'm going to be wearing green and orange for the rest of the of, of time, eternity. Um, let's see. Um, Bob DeVries says, oh, education. I have a particular set of skills that do not include being small enough to fit in an F1 car. I love it. Yeah. I'm guessing that's referencing as well. The fact that I said Liam Neeson instead of Liam Nawson earlier, Liam Nawson, I've just said now for God's sake. Uh, Daniel was the only one who could drive beside Max says Bob DeVries. Daniel left. He was the only one not fired. Yeah. And such pain for Ricardo at the moment as well, because I think, I think over the, if, if Ricardo didn't break his hand, I think over the course of the season, he'd be pretty close to Sonoda. He was close to him everywhere, except on the, um, qualifying for the Grand Prix in Spa. He's, he's been doing a good job. Very good job. That's only two races, but anyway. Alpine faster than Ferrari this race, Andre says, um, yeah, I actually think that Alpine, I think that Alpine is genuinely as quick or sometimes quicker than the Ferrari anyway. So I would say Alpine should be up there consistently, constantly. They should be up there. Um, the <laughs> Wimpo, I'm guessing that's his pardon is in reference to my French bash. I'm, I'm joking. I love the French. Parisians, not so much, but the French I love. Um, Henk Ormel, uh, Williams is very slippery and in the corners of Monaco, it is difficult overtaking. The McLaren is quite quick at medium and high downforce tracks. Yeah, um, let's see. I I mean, I I expect McLaren to bring a Monza spec this weekend. I think they said they'd have enough time to to put that together. Um, So, yeah, I I mean, look, if we end up with a Verstappen-Alonso-Norris podium, I'm here for it. I'll be doing my predictions tomorrow, by the way, for anyone interested in that. Uh, Red Bull is going to start having problems firing the second, or filling the second role, says Bob. 100% agreed. And Hank says, Matthew Hart, according to Peter Windsor, Oscar Piastri has a similar driving style to Max Verstappen. If that's true, that is a terrible thing for Red Bull because they passed on Piastri. Um, They passed on Piastri. That would be terrible. Um... So, Matthew Hart says, uh, you can lop off six inches from my legs and use, <laughs> use that if you like. That's uh, my daughter crying. Lovely. Um, <laughs> to be able to race each other last year. Brilliant. Uh, Matthew says, got to say, you should go with the green and orange Alonzo Norris thing ASAP. It fits your Irish self. Uh, by the way, my grandmother's maiden name was Willowen. So, a bit of Irish there. Would you like a bit of Irish in you? Um, no, not going there, not going there. Yeah, actually, uh, I hadn't thought about that, but yeah, going with the orange and green would actually just allow me to be in the Irish flag for every race weekend. I just I can't abandon Checo until he abandons Formula One, basically, or at least abandons Red Bull. Um, you know, if he goes somewhere else, I'm not, I'm, I'm not buying merch for like a Haas or something. I'm not doing it. So, no, not doing it. Not happening. Not happening. I can't. I, no, I won't go through that pain. Norris or Alonso. That's where I'll be. Um, speaking of the actual Dutch Grand Prix, though, um, what happened to 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 Russell? Like, and just in general, like Hamilton as well. So Hamilton had a terrible qualifying. I have to say. I'm very impressed with Hamilton's drive. Um, I think sixth place was a really good recovery given how messy that race was. He started from, was it 12th, 13th? Um, So I thought that was really good. Russell just, his whole race just seemed to have fallen apart on him. It was terrible. Uh, Yeah, so Mercedes, that was an odd one from Mercedes. It was kind of a race where if, if, when everything kicked off at the start, when the first lap kicked off and it started to rain and I thought to myself, this is going to be chaos. I immediately, immediately my first instinct was Hamilton or Russell are going to be on the podium here. They could even win because it seems like whenever there's a really messy race, Mercedes are always the one that pick up from everyone else's mistakes. But it was Alonso that, that really did that. Um, so, yeah, just... Really inter- impressive drive from Hamilton, but a messy weekend for for Mercedes in general. And another person that impressed me, actually was Sainz. Because um, he, he, I think he did a good job considering. And Alonso, Alonso at the very end of the race, when they called him in the same as Perez, and he said, no. Nope. And I think he refused to even say anything further. He just said no and stayed out. Got himself second place. Just brilliant. Brilliant. um. I closed my eyes when Princess George's car snapped right in front of Sir Lewis. That would have ruined Mercedes already. Pate says F1 uh, goat. Yeah, that was how he caught that. That was impressive. How he caught that was impressive. Um, uh, Matthew Hart says, a small peasant family that the name exists through church records, but we did spread worldwide. Um, to my knowledge, it is pronounced like Wheelahan yes that would make sense wheelahan yeah okay uh but nobody truly knows um so it's a wheel sports fan it's a wheel sports surname isn't it wheelahan brilliant Tire puncture per russell yeah of course yep and hank says green and orange and your white head in between yeah that's not a bad idea actually get a green alonzo cap white face and then orange uh mclaren top genius I'll, I'll pick that up in the next couple of weeks definitely mclaren or aston if you're listening uh send me some merch i'd love that <laughs> um, let's see matthew says oh and one of my ancestors on that side of the family is a founding member of my hometown wow that's pretty amazing that is incredible um you know one of my ancestors is an alcoholic and it kind of ran through the family um pop to freeze Mercedes is winning the we are going to be faster category by a landslide. Um, Ferrari is second. Yeah. I I just... I wonder... I think the thing is, I'm still kind of on the fence as to which of those teams will challenge in 2024 because I think one of those teams, one of those top teams between, say, Ferrari, um, you know, Ferrari, Mercedes, Aston... McLaren I'm not counting Alpine I think they're going to go backwards next year personally Um, but I could see one of those guys um, you know or one of those teams sorry challenging Red Bull I don't think they'll win the season but I think we could have another 2022 where we've got a half season you know fight for for the title which would be amazing Um, I don't I just don't think it's going to be Mercedes and the reason why is I think that they're still in some ways trying to figure out which direction to go. And like, sure, they're they're on top of that now in terms of they've changed their concept, but they still seem to be kind of not wanting to commit to going to the Red Bull route, but it doesn't seem like they're going kind of their own way. And the problem with that is they're giving themselves what is essentially an all-round kind of decent car, but it's not peaky anywhere like the McLaren is. I think McLaren and Aston are the two most likely to really understand their core concept. And I think Aston could have actually been helped by going in the wrong direction because it would have kind of closed off an element for them and they can kind of come back stronger now. So I think it'll be Aston or McLaren fighting. um, Yeah, I think it'll be McLaren or Aston fighting them next year. Old school force India uniform. Yeah. See, this is the other thing. I do like Aston because obviously it used to be Force India where Checo was, and as you may see behind me here, um, which is definitely real and that is definitely not a green screen. That's absolutely real. I definitely have a Jordan 191 in my hallway, 100%. Uh, but yeah, that, that's why I think Aston um, would be would be great just because of the Irish reputation. You know, um, Force India looked even more Irish than the Seven Up Jordan. It's a fair point um i'm off to work says sean uh, but i had to stop by and say hi what a race uh, folks banger yeah it was it really was an absolute banger of a race welcome sean have a nice day at work uh thanks for joining and popping by quickly i appreciate it um Bob the race, nope mclaren or aston because of the honda yeah like mclaren or aston i i think in 2026 aston could be the ones that kind of do a uh, a Mercedes or you know a Red Bull back in 2009 and 10 I think Aston could be the ones that just get everything together and I'm a little bit concerned for Red Bull's to um 2026 year because I think once again it would not surprise me if Red Bull come with the absolute perfect arrow uh, you know and absolutely destroy the arrow but end up with an engine that underperforms and Honda come with the absolute banger of an engine to beat Mercedes and the aero from Dan Follows at Aston is quite good. I don't think Audi will come in and and absolutely destroy it their first year. So I I think um I think it'll be yeah, I think Aston could dominate 2026. As for 2024, I think it'll be Aston and McLaren as the ones who who give um you know, give Red Bull a good, a good run for their money and Lance will be a tennis star. I've got a video on that this week as well. Um, Although he said he's not doing it, but I'm still going to publish the video. I'm standing by my hope that Lance Stroll leaves. Uh, Matthew says, you should design a shirt that's uh, McLaren on one side and Aston on the other, green and orange. Make it like, make it your Irish flag car. That's actually not a bad idea and it would be cheaper than buying merch. I could just design my own caps that are half Norris, half Alonso. Um, with maybe like half Norris, half Alonso with maybe the white kind of, uh, liveried Honda in the middle. So I can still support Checo if he stays. Um, there's an idea. Alonso, Checo in the white livery, and then the, uh, McLaren of Norris. I'm going to, I'll get cracking on that. I might, you you know what? We could just sell them at wheelsports.com as well. (laughs) Make the money back, you know? Um... Yeah, Lance being a tennis star, so he said that he's he's not going to do that. Um, I don't know, though. I mean, the thing is about Lance, like, he can stick around for as long as he wants, right? Like, he can genuinely just stick around as long as he wants. But why would he? Like, I just don't get... Like, if Lance Stroll's sticking around to finish 11th every time when Alonso's on the podium, it, it just, you know... I just don't know. I just, I don't see why Lance sticks around for that long. It just doesn't make sense to me because like, if he wants to go and say, be a tennis star or he wants to do something else, why not start to leave now? The problem I guess for him is he, he probably would be smarter to stick around until the 2026 season, because if in 2026, they've got a championship worthy car, right? And for whatever reason, Alonso drops off or, you know, Honda get their way and they put a Japanese driver in alongside him. I know Honda isn't participating money-wise this time, so that's unlikely. Like, they're not paying, you know, tons of money every year. Um, but yeah, if something happens and Alonso left and they ended up with a poor driver but a brilliant car, he could end up having a a 2009 bronze situation. I'm not saying Jensen Button by any means is a bad driver, but my point is kind of an out-of-left-field option to win the championship. So... Maybe, maybe. Um, Hank says, go faster. Stripes on the merch, yeah. Maybe just a, you know, um, <laughs> uh, you know, we could put a quote underneath it that just says, Checo, Max is faster than you. Um, you know, that'd be a nice one. Um, or <laughs> Checo, it's James. Um, yeah. Honest opinion here. I love having a somewhat decent Canadian driver on the grid, but realistically, If he did go and do the tennis thing, it would allow Aston to move on to contention and make room, uh, says Matthew. Yeah. The thing is, look, I'm not against having a Canadian on the field. Um, You know, love uh, Villeneuve. That's the only Canadian driver I can think of. Um, But yeah, look, you know, oh, and Latifi, of course. But Jesus. Yeah, sorry about that. Um, I think at the end of the day, like... If, if they got rid of Lance, right, and they had Alonso still there, then they could go and make a play for someone big, you know? They could but go and make a play for Leclerc. Like, if they had a Leclerc and Alonso lineup, they might not beat Max in the championship, but they could definitely push if, say, if Ricardo doesn't have a good year or if Checo sticks around, they could very well push for the constructors. You know, just pick up every other point, second and third, every weekend. Leclerc and Alonso go absolutely brilliant. That that could be, you know, that could be epic. And by having Stroll there, yeah, they're just backing themselves into a corner. Um, yeah. And, and there's there's a lot of young talent as well, like Drogovic they could bring in. You know, Nick DeVries, diver- oh, never mind. Um, yeah, like there's a lot. There's a lot they could do uh Hank says Lawrence is a businessman it is a hobby but it does have the potential to make money yeah and it's already making them a fortune because Aston's comeback I think it you can fairly clearly see it correlate that Aston's jump this year actually spiked um sales for the Aston Martin cars so you can definitely see that like you know that that uptick um so yeah yeah um Let's see, an unexpected retirement from a driver will be a great thing to allow young talent into the grid right now. Yeah, agreed. And Bob DeVries says, I think it's like hockey parents in this country as a Canadian. The parents' dream of being, the parents' dream is being lived through the child. I think this is more Lawrence's dream, maybe, yeah. Um, Greg Moore, um, okay, interesting. Yeah. Um, to be fair, you still got better drivers than the Irish. Beck and Eddie Irvine. i bring back Eddie Jordan, though. You know, we need an Irish team again. We definitely need an Irish team. I trying to think what else kind of stood out from this race. Um, Like, yeah, McLaren just got really unfortunate with that silly call at the start that kind of ruined the rest of the race. Perez speeding in the pit lane was interesting. It's ironic that, you know, the one time he decides to get the pace the one time he decides to go faster than Max was in the pit lane. So that's, God oh, damn it, Chico. Um, yeah. So Sargent, obviously having that mistake, feel bad for Sargent as well, because, you know, realistically it was a weekend where he could have done something really well, but yeah, it just didn't work out for him. Leclerc, Payne, that was fun. Um, Sonoda. Yeah. Just unfortunate. Bottas, decent, I guess. Ocon, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah just what a crazy race as well um i'm glad they restarted it at the end because it was a bit of fun um yeah uh aml is owned by a consortium led by Lawrence stroll the profits are not all his of course uh says hank yeah that's true but i mean i'm sure he's still making a a a good chunk of, of cash off of his shares um you know i'm sure i'm sure he's not uh not losing money on it anyway uh, Derek Daly was great, says education. That's a fair point. I'd forgot about good old Daly. Um, it's a long time ago though. Uh the only downside to me is Stroll was off if Stroll was off the grid, there would be nobody to call Montreal a home race. <laughs> fair enough, yeah. Uh Gilles Villeneuve, of course, says Bob DeVries. Yeah. Um, still the most talented driver I've ever seen. Incredible. Incredible. I obviously wasn't, you know, before my time, but you know seen old race re- or race highlights and so on um yeah, not so much race you know you know what i mean um yeah incredible uh what else did i get horribly 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 wrong here um where did hulkenberg i got i wasn't too far off on hulkenberg and magnus actually wimbo says was the red flag needed and did they wait too long um well, the red flag was definitely needed. Uh, I don't know. Like, if they, they could have... I think if if they had of just waited a couple of extra laps, right, then I think what they could have done is you could have got Max and Alonso on to wet tires, and there would have been chaos behind, and it would have been brilliant. I think, personally, they should have standing started the race again afterwards, given they allowed everyone on intermediates, which I know was a, a race director's update this weekend. Did they wait too long? No, I don't think so. I think it was kind of ideal timing. It's just unfortunate for Checo, but yeah. I don't know if they waited too long. I think they need to see, but yeah, there, there was a point, wasn't there, where there was the rivers down the the main street, and it was like, yeah, this probably needs to stop now. Um, ah, I don't know. I think they called it as quick as they could. But yeah, the red flag I think was definitely needed. I think it would have been chaos otherwise. I would have loved to see that probably more dangerous than it needed to be um let's see tara Devi west says i didn't expect liam lawson's debut in a difficult chaotic race it was impressive yeah i think lawson did everything he could this weekend um i was really impressed with it honestly really impressed with it um so i think i think it'll be good to see him in monza um uh, let's see what he can actually do if we get a clean race. Although it could be a wet race at Monza. Apparently there's rain on Sunday, but we'll see. Uh, that'd be interesting. F1go, I love Alonso's side hustle as a racing steward. Do you think Alonso would stand for head of the FIA or Formula 1? That would be incredible, uh, Alonso as the head of the FIA. Um, no shit would be taken. It would be brilliant. But uh, I can't see it happening. I don't think he'll uh, he'll do that. Hank says teams do count a red flag to be waved. Uh, therefore they mostly refuse to put on the full wets. Yeah, I think that's the other thing, isn't it? A lot of them will just keep going on interest until they crash and just hope that it goes red flag, which is kind of terrible. Um, they also did it to fix the barrier. Yeah, says Wimbo. It's a fair point. And Lebel, uh, hello and welcome to the chat. Um, yeah, another Canadian there. Um, must be pretty happy with uh, Stroll's 11th place. Um, yeah, so I think it, you know, Lawson did as good as he could. Um, it'll be interesting to see what he does in Monza. I don't think there's a good time for any red flag. Weather-related stoppages are a judgment call and nobody gets us right. Yeah, it's, it's really hard to call, isn't it? But I think, I think they made the right decision. Once there was Rivers on the main straight, I think it was like, yeah, this, this is over now. Um, you know, it's time to end this. Um, speaking of which, and that's a good segue, it's probably time as well to end this podcast. But yeah, this is what I'm going to do from now on. Um, You know, I might put in some stuff just to keep us kind of keep the flow going. Um, Let me think, maybe comment below after this, if you have any ideas for maybe segments that you think should be in the race review. But basically the point is there is just too many race reviews. So I don't want to do just another race review where we go through winners and losers. And, you know, it's just everyone does a race review. And that's fine. I really love them, but I don't want to add another one to that. So what I want to do is just kind of some race banter and just have a chat with chat here because it's nice to do that. Um, So I think that'll be fun. Um, If you are interested on Wednesday, um, we will be doing the wheelbar, which is like a um, basically just a chat with a members group. Because what I want to do is find out, uh, you know, as members join this channel, I want to find out what kind of content they want. So I have some ideas, um, but basically on Wednesday, I'm going to be chatting to anyone who's a member of the channel, do an hour kind of behind the scenes, chat around, um, and basically figure out what the members of the group wants, because I think that's the best way to do it. So I'll kind of come up with some ideas. I'm going to start doing some exclusive member content. There'll be a couple of videos later this week um, and then find out from the actual members what they want. Um, and tomorrow we will have um, the predictions for Monza which will also be terrible, I'm sure. Um, LaBelle's biggest shocker of the race. That's not a bad idea, actually. Um, Although, but to be careful that we don't do that segment if there's a race weekend where someone actually gets shocked by the car like Alonso did. Um, Yeah. All right, guys. Thank you so much for joining um, to everybody here. And uh, I will see you tomorrow. For some race predictions. If of course you haven't already subscribed, please do. And if you haven't already followed this audio podcast as well, please do. Thank you so much, everybody. We will see you soon. Have a great day and I'll see you tomorrow for some Monza predictions.